now hello 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 welcome to the monkey business show today we have the guest i think that now you are the official guest the official uh substitute mercenary a man extraordinary saber light what's up buddy how are you doing hello i'm doing great just came back from uh, malaysia so now i'm just chilling at home and enjoying myself yeah well you don't have to play qualifiers which is sure. awesome yeah they're gonna be a bloodbath but yeah, dude, I'm so happy to, to have you because the truth is that I've been following your career and I've been following your stream for a very long time. <laughs> I really like your uplifted, clowny personality. <laughs> Thank you. But you're everywhere now. You went literally from obscurity to everywhere. You're playing carry even for teams at the major. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild how how everything kind of came together this year. I think most of it is just like, I mean, I don't know. It's just luck. I think it's just you know, like I'm um, just doing silly stuff on stage, and that's why that's why I get on Reddit sometimes. So I think it's like a bit over exaggerated. You know, I'm not everywhere. You just see me a lot, so it's you know, it's a bit skewed. Uh huh. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yeah. Okay, but dude, tell me a little bit about your story. Uh, where are you from? How long have you been playing Dota professionally? Let's go from the beginnings, the, the Jonas, you know, before you became Cyberlight. Sure. So uh, I was born in Prague in Czech Republic, and I'm living here my, my entire life. And I think I got into Dota when I was pretty young. I would say like around 10. Uh, I was just playing Dota 1 with my friends in school. And then eventually uh, I got... Um, I got like into Dota 2. I was just playing Dota 2 for fun. I I really hated school. I mean, I say this in all my interviews. It's like <laughs> the reason why I became pro in Dota is because I hated school. I was playing professional uh, chess professionally back uh, in those days, and we would like have chess tournaments every now and then. And then I I would get to like skip school to to go to the chess tournament. I was like, oh my god, this is so awesome. Uh, so then when, when I saw that there's like an opportunity to like skip school to play video games instead, that was super <laughs> insane. So, so yeah, that's like how I kind of, like over the years, I was just like doing this as a hobby. And then eventually I think it was like around 50, uh, sorry, 5k MMR. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I can uh, be pro. I, I seem to be pretty good. So might as well. And yeah, then I was like playing Czech tournaments because uh, back then, like the Czech Dora scene was like somewhat uh, alive, even though nowadays it's not. So I was pretty lucky with that. And yeah, I just kept on climbing. And yeah, then I got, uh, joined, uh, what was it, Singularity, then Chicken Fighters, then Undying TSM. And uh, here we are. That's amazing. How long would you play in before you started like making money out of these or like saying, okay, this could be a, a thing, you know? So, uh, well, I would say from like the age of like 10, when I was still playing Dota 1 until like 16, 17, I think it's the first time that I was like winning my first tournaments. That was like the, the Czech ones, you know, I, I had my 
$100 salary a month. And that was like very exciting when I had my first salary. So, so yeah, I would say like six years at least. Okay. And then when, how, I mean, you got a very high MMR last year, but a few months ago. Was that a, a dream of yours to grind until there, or it was yours to get even more notoriety and to be more known by teams? So what is the strategy? You know, how does a kid from Prague thinks, oh, I need to figure out how to get into a tier one team so I can actually have a chance? Yeah. So I think for me, it's, it was like always, I had this like mindset about how I want to go pro. And that is that, you know, to go pro, you kind of need to, to be good yourself. There's like, you know, always... You know, you're, you're playing with teams, but when you're starting Dota and you like, you know, you want to be the best, you want to go to TI and stuff like that. When you start and you're like 60 MMR and you have your team, you know, that team is probably not going to make it to TI. So it's more about you than the team. So you just need to like listen to, to the older players that are in the team. You need to learn, you need to improve, you need to focus on yourself, you know, grind your MMR. And then kind of the hope is, or like that, that was the mindset I had when I was playing for... I mean, obviously, like, I was trying with the teams, but I think TI8, was it? Or TI9? Uh, I I nearly made it to TI for, through Europe qualifiers with Hippomaniacs. We ended third. So, you know, back then, it's like, you know, the team was good, but the easiest way to, to, to like, make it to a good team is that just some team picks you up and you end, end up playing for them. It's not really making it with your team. Luckily now I have like an amazing team. So now it is like, you know, we can, we can win TI with this team. So that's like a good place to be. But when you're starting, you know, you kind of need to just focus on yourself. So with this in mind, I was just playing for, uh, you know, for my kind of, you know, own brand. I was like grinding MMR uh, and doing stuff like that. I wasn't really streaming, which I think is also a good thing to do. But mm -hmm. maybe not necessarily to like be pro. I think that's like more of a more of a like brand thing, not really like uh, skill thing. So how much do you actually strategize this, or this was more like every day, like look, I just have to be better, and as long as I'm better, I will continue having better opportunities. I will continue to perform better, and I just have to focus on my game. Uh, it was just like. Uh... It's like in the back of my head, I think this this is not something you do actively, but uh, it's like a it's like a good mindset to have, if especially when things aren't really working out, because then you know it's like you know you're doing this for yourself. So, uh, for example, like if your team is messing up, you don't really have to be angry with them, you know, because obviously like everybody messes up, and you can just focus on yourself. So for me. When I was when I was in those teams, I think there's there's always like a there's always like a balance between being like very selfish and focused on yourself and doing what's best for yourself, and then like you know helping your friends and being like a good teammate. And uh, the line like goes from you know I would do anything for this team to recognizing when the team doesn't really work anymore. So. For example, for me, when I was in uh, Chicken Fighters, we we lost to Neko, and we didn't really do that well. And uh, it was, I mean, in my mind, like the the easy option was just to to stay there, you know, keep trying because I didn't really get any invites or anything, so I could have just stayed in that theme and and you know keep hoping for the best. 
but instead uh i i just decided to like make some bold changes and i i just went to NA, like to, to a region that i knew no one in and you know i've never played there but i don't know it just felt like the the right choice and i got very very lucky with that that's awesome dude look one of the reasons to be completely honest about why i wanted to have you here is because all the time we get the comments or the question is like, okay, look, I think I could have a chance to be pro. How do I go pro? And the truth is that Johan and Sepp are not really a great example for it. And neither is Amar. Amar is like, okay, well, you're very good at a game. Somebody calls you one day, you're 16 and now you're part of OG winning a major. But I think that what you've done is really cool because you build this very fun and lighthearted brand inside and outside of the game, but you also have the skill to pull it off. And I think that we're starting to see, you know, how good you are at this game. Because, you know, honestly, I didn't know you until you started playing with Soneko. That was the first time that I was like, oh, this kid can play. And also, in my opinion, Soneko is an incredibly Dota, an incredible Dota mind, which is why he continues to do great in every one of the teams. But there might be something there missing, which is why he can never stay too long in any team. And obviously, when Moon, when you started playing in NA, and you end up with this undying and then with these guys with moon i think it's when everybody realized you know how you can stomp on people so yeah like i i think you have that career where you try one team try another team try another team and somehow you keep falling up you know or you keep going up <laughs> yeah uh yeah I'm, i think i'm just very lucky with that because then uh, the path like becomes very easier it's very easy especially for like your it's like overall it's not that stressful you know if as long as you like keep doing better and better it's like it, it feels easy because it always feels like you know it's part of the progress but so i i mean the real test is gonna be the the moment i fall then then we you know find out if if i uh you know if i can really pull through or not uh but what you said i think like this conversation of uh, like people asking if, if they want to go pro, I, I also sometimes get asked the question, and it's like it's like a very it's like a very deep conversation because it also depends like how how badly you want it, like what's your situation in life, if if you're like too old for it, stuff like that. So I mean, there isn't really an easy answer. So what what is for you too old? <laughs> I'm 37. Am I too old for this? Uh, <laughs> Most yeah. Likely. yeah, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but it, uh, uh, it hurts. And the thing is, it's just, uh, I mean, I, like, it, the it's being changed all the time. I, when I was younger, I thought like 30 is too old, or like that's that's what the you know that's what the boomers say. They always say, oh, you know, so you're just gonna play until 30, then your reflexes drop. So, you know, then uh, then what are you gonna do afterwards? But look at Seb, he's you know he's owning and he's over 30, so. I think especially in Dota, you can you can uh, be pro while while being pretty old. But the thing is, Seb was already really good like before he was 30, right? So so we just like he's using his ex expertise and the experience he got over the years. But if you want to like become pro and and you know get a good team and get recognized and like you know stuff like that, then you kind of need to start soon because. Once you're like over 20, I would say, and you're like not living with your parents and stuff like that, it's very difficult to uh, to like afford just sitting at home playing Dota for 12 hours a day. Yeah, I think that that's one of the key things, you know, is that 
yeah, you might be able to become pro if you put the time in your twenties, but it's like life is just passing you by when you're 16, 17, playing computers all day is not too bad. But when you're 25, oof, if you don't make enough money to live out of this, then it's not that easy anymore. Yeah. So then it becomes the question is if like, you know, you're taking a risk, uh, and then the, uh, like, is it, is the risk worth it for you? Cause you know, maybe you like really hate your, like your normal job or stuff, stuff like that. And you would like love more than anything to, to be a Dota pro and you're like willing to risk everything to do so. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's fine, even if you're 25, but I think it's like a very high price to pay if, if you don't succeed. Okay. So then I have a question for you. Was the big, you think the big breakthrough for you was NIP? Or when was the first time that I was like, Hey, look, uh, well, I remember like ego wise, my, my first big breakthrough was during the TI course, I think TI eight when, okay. when I was like playing X and it was like the first time I was, I was like, uh, the games were being commented by like real casters. I remember it was like Shiver, maybe Fogged and maybe OD and yeah, I was like owning with my ex. If you've seen my, my game in uh, Malaysia against OG, it was like uh -huh. that level. I remember. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, I was like 20, 20 something every game. And yeah. And then, I uh, I remember like, okay, the, the casters were like really nice to me. You know, they were saying I was owning and stuff. So I was like ego wise. I was like, okay, I, you know, I can make it. But other than that, um, I mean, honestly, it was more than, it was, it wasn't really like a tournament achievement. I feel like it was mainly just the, the MMR. Like once I hit like the 11 and 12K, it felt like, okay, I mean, I should be able to, to get a good team at, at this, at this point. But I mean, also it like depends how you look at it. Cause I think like the real breakthrough was, was just being second at the Stockholm major. Cause I think before that. People like knew about me, but they didn't really think I was good. So now they, they still don't think I'm good, but at least I have the second place at major. <laughs> I was going to say, if it makes you feel better, we still get Johan and Seb still get people trusting them every day. So yeah, I think it's just part classic. of it. Look, you're very likable and you're very funny. And I think that you put yourself in a very unique position where people that don't know you might think that you're just a troll, but when you like trust talk people is like, no, he's actually funny and you're friends with all these people and you always show a lot of respect. But yes, I agree. That second place at the major was, and how you played on the major, because there was a lot of what you guys did that went around your specific lane and how much pressure you put that it was, it was really good. It was really, really fun to see you owning people. Yeah. I, I also think it's, it's important because you mentioned it a few times now is that, uh, I feel like in, uh, I mean, I was always doing like silly stuff and, and making jokes and jokes and stuff like that. But, uh, when I, like earlier in my career, I was just like mainly focused on, on the Dota stuff. Now, when I'm actually like playing these tournaments, now I try to focus more on like engaging the fans and, and like, you know, doing the, the silly stuff on, uh, on stage and stuff like that. Cause now it's like when, when it has the real effect, but before that it was just like, was just honestly like just for me you know it's like making them tweets and stuff so so yeah i think it's important to like build yourself up as a as a player first and then start focusing on the brand because it doesn't really work the the other way around 
Okay, makes sense, makes sense. So how do you like TSM? How Well, the, the team that you play right now before the Orc, like the Moon, Dubu, and the boys. How, how, how long have you been playing with them and how are things? So now it's going to be, I think, like a year and a half or actually a year and uh, nine months. Okay. So yeah, pretty long time. Uh, I, I love all those guys. I think we have a really good chemistry. I think there's like a good mix of, of like pressure to keep improving and like camaraderie and being friends because i i would say like i mean i don't have that many friends but i would say that like <laughs> timado and and Braille are like my best friends uh, so okay. so it's, uh, it's pretty wild since I, I don't really see them that often uh and yeah moon and dubu are like very good role models and now even misery because you know it's good to have like a bunch of boomers in a team and then a bunch of zoomers so the boomers can like teach you stuff and we zoomers we you know, we click the buttons. So we have like a good mix. I think the the issue we sometimes face is like just having too many viewpoints and too many voices because we, we do have like a lot of people that talk. I think Braille is like the, maybe sometimes tomorrow are like the, the quiet ones, but the, the rest of us, you know, we, we have our opinions. So we just need to find the like common ground. But other than that, it's 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 really amazing. They 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 support me, you know, whenever needed. I try to support them as well. So I'm I'm really grateful for having them. I think we obviously we had Moon in this podcast, the one episode that I wasn't here, and I mean you can see how much he's grown, you know. He used to be a little troll, huh? He used to be a, <laughs> a little toxic little troll. Yeah. And now he's all grown up and talking about how he's trying to be a role model and a leader, and I think he's great. Uh, Dubo and I have been together in a team and I was in a team also with Misery. So I know them pretty well. Misery is an awesome guy. I don't know if you had a lot of chance to interact with him in person. Yes. He's, he's, he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, everybody in the team is is amazing. And also, I didn't know that you're playing with Dubo and Misery. That's that's kind of wild. So I never played. So I, for me, it's always been from the executive side. Uh -huh. uh, I when I when So I was in Evil Geniuses. On the era of fear, RTC, Sumail, uh, Universe, and that that era. Okay. And at one point, uh, when SVG was there as a coach as well, they brought Misery in. Mm -hmm. And it was for a little time, so I had chance to play with him. Well, sorry, to be with him in the house in Alameda. And then Dubu, when I joined in Mortals, it was the QO, Dubu, uh, Velo, the... Uh, it was, not, it was like a little bit of a Korean roster, you know? Uh -huh. So I had a little bit of time with him and it was Febby there as well. Super fun, Febby as well. You remind me a lot of Febby. <laughs> yeah. Just take it out. He has similar energy. Yeah. And how do you guys like TSM? Right now you're, you're bootcamping, right, in, in LA? You're like um, on the street for me. Well, right now you're at home, but when you bootcamp in LA, you're bootcamping in the facility uh, TSM. Yeah, so whenever we're bootcamping, it's uh, it's in the LA facility. So we've been bootcamping mm -hmm. for I think both the DPCs, and that's it this year. And yeah, the the TSM uh, facility is insane. I'm sure there's like videos on YouTube about like how big it is and and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's really cool. It's also like it's very modern. There, my favorite part is that they have like a chef that for all the employees and us as well and you know that's one of the best chickens I, i've had is in the uh -huh. la bootcamp so 
uh yeah the the bootcamp's amazing and the org is is also amazing i think what i appreciate the most is that they give us a lot of freedom that uh you know they trust us that we know what what like that what we're doing is is the, the best because uh i worry that with a lot of these like big organizations they try to they like think that they know better since you know they're such a big org so obviously like, they have to know but no, sometimes it's not necessarily like that. So when they try to like push some agenda or like how to do stuff, uh, it can become a bit confusing. So I'm I'm really glad that TSM that they they just give us you know free free reign in in doing whatever we want to and they just support us. So yeah, tell me for example, uh, obviously in a in a company that was built around League of Legends, do you feel that you're successes and how good you guys are doing is going to hopefully make them into a Dota work? <laughs> are they buying into the Dota being a superior MOBA or? Um, I, I mean, we'll see about that. We need to do well at TI, you know, after we, if we, if we win TI, then maybe that we, you know, we convinced TSM to like be a Dota work. But I think at this point, it's just, since leak is just bigger then I think TSM still wants to mainly focus on leak and no, Dota is like a it's like a side hustle, but okay. I think uh, our contracts are pretty long, so I I hope to stay with TSM for you know quite some time, and hopefully they just like keep uh, developing the the NA scene because I think that's like that's something that the NA scene really needs. I think so. So I spoke to TSM a few times, and obviously I try to sell them into Dota and tell them how much I love Dota, and I think that they are very very happy with getting you guys. And you guys are all like very clean brands, very good boys. And you guys, obviously the moment that they sign you, you perform, you're going to TI. I mean, that is the dream for every person, for every org, you know, that wants to pick up a Dota team. That is like zero drama and the guys are good and the team is together. So yeah, I think they like you guys a lot. I'm, I'm really glad that it worked out this way as well. Cause you know, it becomes a bit awkward when you like sign with the, with an org and then you, then you don't, don't do well. But because, you know, it's not only only our team, but we also like uh, to some extent, like carry the the NA scene as well. Because, you know, the once we start choking and start losing tournaments and, you know, we make some <laughs> awful drama and TSM does not want to associate with us anymore, then... Face to face, right here, right now! Oh, oh my God! All right, one word, one word to your opponent here. DSM. Team Zack in Malaysia. Oh, take it easy. Never give the microphone to the people. That's what I learned in broadcast school. But screw it, take the mic, give it everything you got. Look at these guys. The only reason why they were top six at the last major was because of me. There was no, there was no reason that we get so far. Look at this guy. One hero player, bro. Clowns, I'll destroy you. Uh, you know, it's gonna take some time before before another orc, you know, dares to step in 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 the NA Dota scene. So we'll hopefully, you know, keep doing this and not make any any unnecessary drama or anything. So we keep TSM in Dota. Good. I mean, NA. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of our NA Dota uh, because it's in a very unique place. Obviously, you guys made it, and then. Evil geniuses made it by the grace of God and this <laughs> in a crazy dramatic series. 
And then right now it's the qualifiers, right? And there's one spot that goes directly. And then the other one that will play the play-ins in, in TI the, the week before. And obviously there's two big names, right? Travis Noun and uh, Quincy, well, Sony now. Yeah. They should go through. Yeah, I think they my, should. <laughs> I mean, they should, right? I think I think Sonics. They they. Sh I'm pretty. Uh, I would give them like a eighty percent to, to okay. go through directly Sonics, and then I think it's like the announce and wildcard that are the like the favorites to to go through the last chance qualifier. I think the other teams are somewhat sussy. I don't know, man. You've been seeming sus lately. It's almost like we have an imposter among us. Because, I mean, I don't yeah. know. That's just any Dota. But we'll see. Anyone can lose to anyone there. But it's it's just kind of cut and dry or whatever the saying is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when, when I thought that Evil Geniuses was not going to make it through points, then I was like, okay, now this is interesting. Because now there is only two slots for three very good teams. But, I mean... But isn't it three slots? Because it's always like one direct invite and then two go to the last chance qualifiers. At least according one, to Liquipedia. Eh? Oh, I think it's only one goes to last chance qualifier per, per region because they cannot have 35 teams. So it's one that goes directly and becomes part of one of the 20 teams. So 12 teams are qualified directly. And then we have six regions. So we're going to have one team directly qualifying for every one of the regions. And then we have one extra team for each one of the regions. Otherwise, if you have two teams for every region, it will be 12 teams. Yeah. There are six regions. I thought it's like 12 teams and the, then the 12 really? teams play play the last chance tournament and two teams qualify from that. Dude, honestly, you might be right. <laughs> I'm a, so, yeah, I'm just working I'm with just Liquipedia. Gonna... That's my source, you know, but who knows these days with Liquipedia. <laughs> <there is>, uh... <laughs> Liquipedia and Valve struggle for this. Yes. it's yeah, That's also hmm. like a... Interesting topic, but I don't know if you want to get into that. So I have a question for you. Even though you're now playing in NA, I still consider you the pride of Europe. Mm -hmm. So we have two of the best NA players being Europeans and some of them. The key here is that we're talking about how all the good North American teams will make it. And now we go to Europe and we know that not all the European good teams will make it. Like, it's going to be a horrible bloodbath because I think Entity is a fantastic team. And then we have, like, I, for me, it's my dark horse. I think Entity is going to make it to TI. Yeah, I so, think so too. I hope so. And the guys are awesome. Obviously, we have, like, the friendship between Creepwave and, and my boys. And so we have Nigma, Secret, Liquid, and Entity. Holy crap, and, you know? And Alliance on top of it. And so. Oh, sorry. I... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I I don't know why I forgot. You know, I wonder why. Okay, so yeah, and alliance. Okay, so five teams. I agree. It's it's gonna be it is gonna be a bloodbath. I I can't wait to see the the EU qualifiers. I think the like the only like uh, silver lining for these teams is that once they do make it to the last chance qualifier, I would assume that they will be able to to win the tournament and go to TI directly. So. For example, like for the North American teams, you know, unless you uh, qualify directly, you know, you get to go to Singapore and you get to play like a very yeah. prestigious line, which is like huge. And I'm really happy for them, but I don't think there's like much hopes for them to, to do even remotely well in that tournament. While for these EU teams, you know, 
probably, uh, you know, I'm assuming if Secret makes it to Lassian's qualifier, they're probably going to TI. I hope so. Look, I've been looking at this the whole year, and obviously there is a big conversation between should we put more slots in Europe? Should we put other slots in other places? And look, I'm not going to get you there. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're going to have to defend the North American one. But let's just say that I like that in North America, for me, the uprise of Noun was really good because Noun played a very strong tournament the, the last DPC, and they were very, very close. And I want four or five good teams in North America because it's more fun getting you guys into the main stage so we can dumpster of you, you know? <laughs> Indeed. So, no, it's it's really good. It's, it's actually really good. And for me, when TSM made it to the semifinal, sorry, to the finalists of the major, it's amazing. It's really good because we have to energize the whole region. And you saw, because you were in the Arlington major, we will cover in a second. Dude, the crowd was amazing. They were was... so hype. Yeah. So there's a lot of North American fans that love Dota and yeah, Evil Genius maybe stop doing some of the content and some of the fun things that they used to do before. And now there's this American fan base that is for everybody to own, you know? So if you guys start doing well, you're going to have a lot of TSM fanboys and fun girls, you know, following you. Yeah, that's the that's the plan to, to like fill the void that Evil Genius is left behind. I don't know. I'm honestly like slightly disappointed because I think like their content was, was super good, like the, the vlogs and stuff. So here at TSM, we tried to I do did it. some I of... did Life of a Genius. Oh, that was, that was you. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I see <laughs> that the issue is that Jay left Evil Genius and, you know, it all crumbles afterwards. So, <laughs> yeah, we tried to do some of that stuff, but... Uh... I saw it. They were really fun. Yeah, we have some, some more content lined up, so that's going to be very hype. I'm excited for people to see. But yeah, I think the, I don't know, Evil Genius, they're still like doing good. They're still like one of the best uh, NA teams, but some somehow feels like uh, they're, they're like disappeared. Yeah. I mean, they're only focusing on competitive right now. Yeah. So they don't really focus on anything else. Well, you guys, again, I saw TSM, I saw the blogs that you guys did, the content at the major, the bootcamp facilities. So I really think it helps you connect with the audience. And look, it always says you're completely right. The content, if you're losing, doesn't matter. But if you're winning and now you have the content, boom, the acceleration is much faster, you know? And now you become a fan favorite really fast. Yeah, that's true. And I'm I'm really grateful that TSM like does it, you know, because there's like, I mean, I guess that's like, that's how you, that's how TSM becomes like such a big brand that they are, is cause, yeah. you know, by doing content. And I'm also fortunate that in our team, we have like a bunch of like content makers, you know, Dubu, Streaming, yeah. Timado as well, Moon is a personality. And then of course me, Ratu. So it's, it's nice. So I wanted to ask you about how was uh, your journey with Entity in the major playing one, position one? Dude, how, how, did, you, how did it happen? They reached out to you? Like, <laughs> tell me a little bit of a story. Yeah, so it was really funny. So uh, we're at the Riyadh tournament, right? It was like right mm -hmm. before the, the major. And like during the end of the tournament, suddenly like people are getting invited to the major because, you know, a lot of people don't have visas. So I think it was Dubu, Timado, and uh, Brad got invited to some team. And me and Moon were, you know, were kind of jealous. Moon was like, okay, it's fine. I'll just go chill. I was still waiting for my invite. I was hoping, you know, maybe there's like a offlaner that doesn't have a visa, but nothing happened. So then I came back home and I was just playing pops and I was like, I, I, I queued into Fishman. 
And so we like started like talking in the pub and I was like, you know, he was like, Saber Chat, Pogres, uh, something, something. I was like, yo, Fishman, uh, <laughs> I said, kick Toby, take me to Major instead. I really want to go. He was like, okay, noted, Mr. Saber Chat. And then, uh, yeah, then, because uh, so, Temato was supposed to be playing with them, but then he got uh, also offered from Fnatic and he wanted to go with Pral and Dubu. So then suddenly they didn't have a carry. And like because of this like joke conversation that we had, uh, Fishman thought of me, and I was so so he texted me like two hours before the final deadline if if I want to play with him. I was like, yeah, sure, let's go. So that that's how I joined, and it was it was a ton of fun. I I really like playing tournaments, so so being able to go there even though like I didn't really qualify, uh, was was a ton of fun. And this this was also like one of the moments that, like, I kind of realized that I'm in a in like a good spot uh, as as a pro player that you know I get to I get to go with teams as a, as a standard because I think that's also something that like people don't really take like the new talent as standings they always take like people that they know are good so that's like that was always my dream when I when I was like trying to become pro maybe some team you know takes me as a standard and I and I get to prove myself but. That happens very rarely. So now uh, I was really happy that I got to go with them and I met them. They're all super nice people. Stormstormer especially, he's like very PMA. He like supports everybody and he also plays super good. And yeah, I was just playing carry. I was like, oh, I was, I mean, it was fun. Just, it was like a new challenge. Just, um, yeah, I just thought about it as like, as like, um, there's like a, you know, there's a way I, I need to like do this so we so we get as far as possible. So either I need to like learn how to play carry or I need to just like figure out a way to make like double offlaner work. And yeah, then we just like, we, we kind of did what we did. Uh, some games I was playing like a normal carry. I remember I was playing <laughs> Faces Void, one of the games and I got, oh, it was against EG. I think I got absolutely demolished by Nightfall in lane, but it didn't really matter. I just, you know, hit the jungle like a proper carry. And and we came back and we won that game. That was like really exciting. Then the playoffs, the, the strategy like kind of evolved into, okay, we're just picking double carry. So I was playing my Nightstalkers and Dooms and it was fun. I think it was like, uh, it was like a good uh, resistance to the meta that was being played because I, Back then, I really, I, I really hated that that their carries are being played in the offlane, especially by MR. It was like I don't know because I, I hate this. I'll place get there in a second. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there was like so many teams running like double carries. So I was like, okay, this needs to stop. Let's go double offlane and and let's see who wins. And we did win against EG. So you know, suck it. So. Uh, yeah, I was just playing playing my offlaners. It worked for us. I think it worked for us because the entire team is playing super well, and they were like carrying me in a lot of the games. And it also worked because I was like in a good space myself. So I was playing good. I wasn't playing good carry, but I was playing good Dota. So I was able to like win the games, uh, nevertheless. And yeah, we made it until we we got knocked down by by Aster. Yeah, I'm looking at the stats right now. So you finished second on the group with 3-3-1, <clears throat> which is, was really good. 
you guys beat Boom 2-0, EG 2-0, Navi 2-0, and then you split the series with Tundra, Beast Coast, and Spirit, which, holy shit, you know, your group, yeah. the group of death in a way. And then you went from the lower bracket? No, you were on the top bracket, and then you lost against us, Yeah. and then you went down, and then you beat Boom 2-1, and then you lost to Aster. So, dude, this is a really, you guys lost only to very, very good teams. You only lost against OG and Aster and traded series with Spirit, Tundra, and uh, Biscos, which were really good. Yeah. It's a good showing, dude. Uh, I was very impressed how, by how far we, we've got. I think it's especially like, uh, I'm especially happy for for the players because I think like being this good at the, at the major, it was like top six. You know, for a team that like never played a uh, land before, it's it's huge. You know, because now they get like uh, notoriety. They they can like um, talk with the org about like you know, let's okay, you know, we're like actually like a solid team. So uh, we want to get paid and or, like you know, we want to like work with you like properly. So it was really good, and I'm really happy for the guys. So what is the without really telling me a lot about the team? Uh... Do you feel that this team has what they need to have to make it to the qualifiers to TI and make it to TI entity? Yeah, I think the, I'm like very confident that they they are gonna qualify to TI. I think with the with the strategy they have, I don't think it's like a strategy that that necessarily wins TIs, but I think they should do pretty solid. Like if they play good Dota, I think they they should qualify to TI, and I think if they play good Dota, they like. Can make easily like top eight, top six uh, at at the tier if they play good. So it's like, uh, yeah, I think it works for them and and it's good. Would you dare take in a guess or predictions of who will make it out of Europe? Sure, I think. Let's see. Um, who finishes first? Okay, so who, who first. I think it's gonna be either Entity or Secret. I think one mm. of these two teams. So no Liquid, eh? No Nygma, no Liquid. Yeah. Ooh, or no Alliance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then I think like right after these two is, is Alliance, of course. And then after Alliance, I think... Uh, I really hope Liquid makes it because I have like a, you know, I'm pretty close with, with some of the players and Blitz is a super nice guy, so I really hope uh, Liquid makes it because even after like last year, that Liquid weren't really able to was it last year, right? That Liquid didn't make it. Correct. Yeah. So so I really wish both for the players and for the org to to be able to like play at TI. But I don't know. I think it's like for this team, the I think it's like very stressful because they. They've not been doing that well in in the recent tournaments, and then it you know it kind of piles up. You know now now we we did bad in this one, and now now we did bad in this one, and now we have qualifiers coming up, and we're like last in the like you know free tournaments that happened. So I really wish that they will be able to like have the mental strength to to go through the through this, because I think if they do, they will they will be able to like be in the top three and make it to the last chance. I think if they okay. if they don't, then uh, you know maybe they they might lose to to Nigma and maybe not Alliance, but uh, you know to some Goon Squad. <laughs> but we'll see. So look, Liquipedia agrees with you. Like that's where you got your information. It says one team directly is going to go to TI, and it will be in a best of five finals. 
and the two, so position two and third will go to the last chance qualifiers. Okay. So who do you have going all the way through? Secret or entity? Um, you gotta choose one. I'm gonna write it down and everything. Okay, one sec. I need to think about it. I think. <laughs> I think it's gonna be secret. I think their experience gonna pull through. Amazing. And then we have the best of threes. Uh, so the best of three is required. Number two and number three. Who do you think are the two teams, and in which order? Like who plays the finals against Secret? I think it's gonna be Entity, number two, and then then Nigma number three. Okay, so Secret makes it, and then Entity makes it. Nigma makes it, and then we Liquid. Who knows what happens? Yeah. But now let's just turn it around for a second, because if Liquid makes it and Nigma doesn't make it. It will be the second time that Nigma doesn't make it in a row as well. So can the boys stay together, you know, one more season or they were like, hey, you know, we got a good run. Yeah, I think it's it's like really hard for, for any team that does not make it. I feel like, I mean, no matter who doesn't make it to TI, I would I would not be surprised if, if they make roster changes because, I mean, it's always like that after TI. There's like very few teams that, that actually like stick together, especially if you don't even make it to TI. Because, I mean, we also shouldn't forget that even if these teams make it to the last chance qualifier, that doesn't necessarily mean that they go to TI. So, you know, even like uh, Secret may make it to last chance qualifier and somehow they like don't go through. Then I also would think that you know maybe they they make some roster changes because it's I don't know it's just hard you're playing like whole year just to make it to TI then it doesn't work out so you're like okay I mean so what now we're gonna practice another year with this squad or it's just I think it's like very simple for for people to just be like uh, you know I kind of lost faith let's just try with with another you know another roster of people. And then you you get you get like new motivations. It's not really motivation. You get like hope. You know, we didn't manage to make it with this team, but I hope we can make it with this new team. I don't really know the new player that's that's coming in. I understand. Yeah. So then it's very funny because my top three is similar to yours. I thought it was Secret Entity and Enigma. Those are my my picks. And why do you think you and I put so much faith in Entity? Because you know nobody's putting entity right now. Everybody's thinking secret Nigma liquid, you know. See, uh, I think it's just the the recent tournaments. I feel like, let's see, the ESL Malaysia entity is what place? Entity is fifth and sixth, while Liquid is twelfth. So yeah, dude, entity is good. They can fucking play this game. I really yeah. like them. <laughs> I spend a lot of time watching them play. I like them a lot. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's just it's just very simple to just say, like, the three most popular teams, because I don't think Entity is, like, nowhere near as popular as the other three teams. So, so you know, all the, the fans just want their teams to, to go through. But yeah. I think just according to how, how these teams uh, perform uh, in the recent tournaments, I, I feel like Entity is, like, really strong. So my picks were Secret and Entity, and the third one, Nigma or Liquid. Like, those, yeah. like, I don't know the third one, but I exactly. do believe Nigma and Entity will go. Sorry, uh, Secret and Entity will go. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. So then uh, a few other questions for you. When you were playing uh, the carry role, do you ever consider that that could be a better fit for you than offlaner? Or you knew that you were experimenting something new, but you still know that offlaner is your, is your jam? Um, 
I mean, I personally believe that in Dota, it's like more important to, to like play good overall and to understand the game, uh, for, like overall rather than from like your position. So, so with this mindset, I feel like if if in at some point in the future I actually like uh, find an opportunity to play carry for for some team then I might take it. I think it might be like a good challenge. But nowadays, I still focus mainly on, on just playing offline. Because, I mean, when you look at all the like really good players, they were able to like play like a multitude of roles. Like no matter if it's like No Tail or if it's like Nisha playing two roles or Miracle, Sumail, all of these, all of these guys, they like, you know, they can play anything. And that's because they understand the game and they click their buttons really well. Then it's, then it's only about like learning how to to play the proper role. And uh, I I don't think I mentioned this before, but I was very fortunate to have both Timado and Pure during the tournament helping me, like uh, during the breaks. Like uh, before I went to, to Arlington, I, I had like a 30 minute to hour long uh, talk with Timado about how, how he views playing carry in that patch and no, I just kind of did the the things that he he advised me to do. So, you know, then you just need to test it out and like feel it for yourself. But once you're like surrounded with people that understand it, which you know all these pro players are, uh, it's not that hard to to switch roles, especially if it's like similar roles. So I feel like playing carry and offline is somewhat similar. Playing carry and mid is somewhat similar, but. Uh, you know, this doesn't really transfer. So offline and mid are not similar. <laughs> and then playing uh, like four and five is also very similar. So like switching in between those roles is is not that hard, I think. Okay. So then we'll go back to the part that you mentioned, because I agree with you. How much has Amar changed the offlane for everybody? Because I know Moon messes me saying, fuck, this kid is good, you know? Look at <laughs> what he's doing. And then I see some of the things that we do that made it into your team. I was like, huh, I've seen that before. I don't know what I saw them. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's really impressive. There's like a, you know, like Kit completely changes uh, the way we, we all play Dota. I think, I mean, to some extent, I think it's just he was able to find the broken heroes in that patch, which like used to be Viper and Razor. And he like ran those and it worked because those heroes were like what's what's strongest in that patch, because you know you didn't see uh, you know anti mages offlane or raid kings. You know it wasn't like a you can play any carry in the offlane right now. It was because these heroes were like too dumb in laning. So once you like do one mistake in in the lane, they're just gonna run you over. So I think there's like that's like one part of it that these heroes were really strong, and the other part is just. I think his playstyle is, is very interesting and it works because he's like a very patient player who, who also understands the game. And it's funny because patience is like not a, not a thing that you can copy really. It's like, you know, you need to learn your the discipline and patience in games. So even though a lot of people were like copying MR, I don't think it worked for anyone as well as for him because it's like his playstyle, and he he knows where when to be patient and you know when to like push it as advantage. That's awesome, dude. 
I would say that I saw you also playing a lot of similar heroes to him. Obviously, your Underlord is, is mythical at this point. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I copied the Underlord from Mario. I'm not gonna lie. It was like it was the Dubai tournament where when they changed Underlord from having the old ult. The, like the whole circle that teleports everyone into the two portals. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, this looks like a ton of fun. So when the patch dropped, I played like 10 Underlord games and I lost all of them. Because it was like, <laughs> I was like not able to make this hero work. And then like a few months later, I saw Omar playing Underlord and he was owning because he's doing this scary build. And I, I never thought about it because, you know, I am just, uh, I guess I'm a boomer offlaner as well now. I was just playing it as an offlaner. But the trick was to just play it as a carry. And I think it's like his his young mind that's like not really, you know, he doesn't have like these concepts built into him. He has like, you know, free, free mind. So he was able to like see this. So... I don't think my my Android is, is as good as Amar, but what I try to do with a lot of lot of heroes is like push it one step further. So for example, I will share now a very secret Android trick that I do from time to time. The trick is that the the portal cuts down trees. So when people pick Monkey King to to counter pick your Android, it's fine. You like suffer in the lane, but then in the game, if you're good enough. You can, and you see the monkey on the tree, you just portal right on top of him because it's a global skill spell and you stun him for four seconds. So that's like that's like the kind of stuff that I I try to do with like these OP heroes. I remember you guys counter our Underlord with monkey, right? On the finals of on game one, on the Arlington? No, sorry, of uh, Stockholm. That was your solution to our Underlord? It's possible. I don't really remember. I'm checking now. <clears throat> Let me see. I think we got Raid King. You are right, of course, you're right. We picked Thunderlord and you got Wraith King, Pagna, Enigma. It was your Enigma, okay, it was your Enigma, yeah. I remember. You wrecked. That That Underlord was a very sad Underlord. Very, very sad. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is funny, because Underlord is very good against Wraith King, but I don't know, we, we made some magic happen that game. Yeah, you had a rough game. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, do you guys looked at what Amar is doing and then figured out how is he doing it or why he gets away with it? Or how do you guys come up with like some of the ideas and why are we coming up with the same ideas sometimes? It's just because we both reading the broken parts the same way? Um, it's funny because uh, I, I mean, I've never seen it that way. I, I, I look at Amar as like an offlaner. So I like look at what he's doing, same as like I look at like the other offlaners like Faith Bian and and try to copy what they're doing. So um, it's like I think Amar is doing like different things than than you like most people. And then it's like Moon is like the one who looks at like the whole picture, who looks at OG and he tries to figure out okay how to how to understand what this team is doing and like what are the things that we can uh, copy from them. And then he just like tells us you know what we can do better to, to like play more like OG or like to you know copy the good things from OG. And then I personally just like look at the offlaners and and try to learn what I can like take from other offlaners to to improve my own gameplay. Okay, understood. So how was uh, Malaysia for you? Uh, Malaysia was a ton of fun. Uh, the tournaments what the tournament was insane. Like uh, it's once again it's the ESL tournaments that that are completely crazy. It's 
because uh, you know before Malaysia I was in the uh, what was it? the the Arlington Major, and I mean it's like it was like a night and day difference. Like Arlington was great and PGL was like super supportive and everything, but just like the location and the hotel in Malaysia, it was like insane compared to to the hotel in Texas. So. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think the sea fans are are like it was it was like incredible yeah, meeting yeah, all the sea really fans. It's yeah, because I mean it's also you know I don't want to consider myself like that famous of a of a Dota player. So every time like before Malaysia, whenever we did like a signing session or like whenever I was like meeting fans, it was like a it was like a few of them. It was like you know. 20 to maybe 50 if, if we're if we're lucky and there's like a lot of them but in malaysia it was like it was like lines of people it was crazy when we did the signing session it was like 40 minutes or, or like an hour signing session so it was yeah i really appreciate all the all the support and all the fans that, that we have in in c and i hope to meet them in singapore yeah it's gonna be awesome i've, I've actually never been to sca with a tournament because this one, this, I wanted to go, but I had a little bit of, I have boomer problems. I have bug problems, you know, at 37. And yeah, I wanted to go and I couldn't go, but I can't wait to see them on, on TI. Because obviously I saw it on the screen, on the stream, and I was like, so jealous. Everybody was so, so hype and energized. And yeah, it was, it was fun. When was the first LAN that you ever played in person? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a LAN in in Czech Republic, it was like, it was very gulag, not gonna lie. So it was like, a, I don't know, we had to like bring our own PCs. So I like, I dragged my PC on on a train and and actually a monitor as well, maybe. So I had my PC in in my suitcase and also a monitor. And I drove to to Brno, which is like the second largest city in, in Czech. And yeah, then we like had to set it all up in, it was like a, I don't know. It was like a big hall, and yeah, there, I was playing there with with some people that I don't even know anymore. And I was like staying with with one of the players in his apartment, and yeah, it was. I mean, it was kind of scary experience. Now, when like when I look at it, I enjoyed the tournament, but just like living in a in a random person's house and and everything was. I don't know. How I was kind of sussy. I was very young back then. I think I was like 15 or 14. And your parents let you go? Yeah. <laughs> your really... parents let you just put your computer in a in a suitcase and go to a random guy's house? Yeah, they did. But you know, they I'm sure they they checked up on me and everything. They yeah. you know, they take care of me, so that's nice. But the real big like the first real big tournament was was a minor where I stand in for for chaos, uh, which was Quincy yeah, mm-hmm. That's awesome, dude. So the first big tournament that you qualified out of your own right, what was it? The Stockholm Major? Um, no, you have to do something in NIP because it was COVID though, so we couldn't really have any yeah. dance or anything. NIP was just online tournaments actually. And we got, I mean, with NIP, we also got super lucky because we, we didn't qualify for a major as, as chicken fighters. Then the major got cancelled due to COVID, and then uh, then the tournament was just played in EU/CIS, and we got invited, and then we ended like sixth, 
and that's how we got the NIP sponsor because you know we did kind of well in that one tournament that we weren't really supposed to play. So yeah, uh, we got super lucky with that. I think so. I think it was it is actually Stockholm major that that was like the first tournament that that I qualified like by myself. That's awesome. So now going moving forward to TI, uh, I wanted to ask. Well, sorry, before we go to TI, uh, your family, your your people around you. How are they living this transformation, this race uh, to becoming famous? Now you can actually make a living out of these. Like you, how how are they? Uh, do they believe it, or they still look at you like, what the fuck is happening here? You know? Yeah, my my parents are super supportive. My mom especially. She like she used to help me with taxes before I got like a real okay. person. So and like they help me like invest and stuff like that. So I'm I'm really grateful to have them and you know they they support me as much as they can. They uh recently they got into Dota themselves like not playing but they actually like watch a lot of the games we play which is which is very impressive for for awesome. you know old old people. <laughs> but yeah, uh I mean the main shift didn't really happen this year that much. I think it happened when I when I joined Singularity, which is my like first okay. team, because back then I was still in school. I was like kind of debating whether I want to finish school or whether I just want to quit school and just go full, uh, go pro, like uh, without having a, like even a high school finished. So yeah, we had a lot of discussions back then if it's like the right thing to do. And I did think you finished high school. Yeah, I did. In the in the end, I did, oh. but. Um, I was pretty lucky because I got uh, I played the the tournament with Chaos the minor, and they kicked me afterwards because because we ended second and I don't know I just wasn't pretty like I wasn't that good back then, but I think if they if they kept me I might have like not finished school I was that was my last year so I got kicked I okay. got to focus on my studies uh, I finished school and then I went like real pro so I'm I'm glad it it happened that way. And that was also like the the big shift where I actually like uh, you know stopped being like a student uh, to to like being like actually like working and and making money with Dota. Now it's just like now the only thing that changes is like how successful I am. So in a way, the life has not changed. It's just how much money there is <laughs> behind it. Yeah, kinda, and how much fame and and stuff like that. Uh. That's awesome, dude. Dude, everything that you're telling me, it's, I am I'm fanboying for you because <laughs> in a way, like if I had to design someone's life, it, it would be very similar to you. I'm glad that you finished high school. I'm glad that you could fit that and now you finish it and now you can do something else with your life, which is playing video games. And you know, like the world has sometimes interesting turns, you know? Hopefully after you finish Dota, in which I'm sure it will be a very long career, you will sit down and figure out, okay, now what do I do next, you know? And you'll be happy that you have that high school degree in 10 years from now. Yeah. Even though a year and a half ago, so two years ago, was uh, some shitty thing that you had to do, or three years ago, then you will always have that for you forever. And yeah. you seem to be, you know, doing all the right things. Yeah, I get lucky a lot of times, so, so I'm glad it's all just kind of working out. But yeah, for sure. It's like... Uh, it's the classic question you know, when people ask me, okay, so what are you going to do when... when uh, when you end, when you like stop playing Dota, and the the answer is always like, you know, I'll I'll figure it out. I'm sure like I don't know if other Dota players have it this way, but 
it's i mean for me it's i'm just you know i'm just yellowing it right now i, I want to keep playing so i'm playing and once i stop playing i'm sure there's going to be some other job or like some other opportunity yeah. to make a living it's very long it's very far away from you i think that for Seb and johan you know as they're going through the transformation right now they have in a way those questions to answer think about like people like fear misery like Lanam or Xiaowei, like how many of them stayed around the game, you know, nurturing teams and doing other things. So who knows? The industry is moving so fast that by the time you retire, we might be flying cars, you know? Who knows? Like at yeah. this point, <laughs> no one knows. And dude, the last part of, uh, of this is podcast. Oh, sorry, uh, TI. How are you planning it? When are you guys going to Singapore? What What is the, the plan and when do you leave? So right now the plan is that we are taking like a three week break and okay. then I think we're going to bootcamp for like three weeks ish and then it's going to be TI. So we're still debating whether we want to go to, I think, Malaysia to like a hotel or whether That's we go point. to Thailand to like, and we rent out like a villa and we do it the same way as last year. Because last year in... Uh, we like rented out a house in, uh, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere in Romania, and we just stayed there for a month. And it was like, it was pretty cool, but at the same time, just like living in Romania in some small house is uh, kind of exhausting. So luckily, this year we have the TSM support. So uh, if we do go with the villa, we have like a really nice one picked out. And I honestly can't wait to, to go there and practice with the team. That's awesome. For us, we were thinking of doing... I mean, I don't know if this will make it into the podcast, but let me just go for it. So we were looking at doing the bootcamp in Europe, but the problem is no, we don't have any teams to play against because everybody's living. Yeah. So we might have to go to bootcamp in Southeast Asia just because nobody else is going to be here. So we didn't want it, you know, because we like our setup in Europe. We have the house in Lisbon and we have all that, mm -hmm. but yeah. So for us, we'll be there. And how confident are you with, with your possibilities? Uh, do you guys come in a good place of mind? Do you guys think that you guys peaked too early? Or how does it feel inside the TSM? Uh, I mean, right now, we're kind of... I mean, one of the conversations we had after the ESL1 Malaysia is that... Or, I mean, I think I had this conversation only with Mado, is that we're both kind of glad that we lost because now... You know the only only way uh, to go is up, because sometimes when you win before tournaments, it or like win before like the big tournaments, is that people get content and they feel like they, uh, you know, they deserve to be first, and so like they stop practicing as hard and stuff like that. It's kind of what happened to us after being second at the at the Stockholm major. But so yeah, uh, I think we. We now lost some tournaments. We're like hungry to, to win again. I think we're all uh, uh, super excited and hyped up for for the bootcamp and then for TI. So what I'm I don't know what the what the other guys are doing, but what I'm doing right now in these three weeks is that I'm mainly I'm not I actually didn't play any Dota since the since the Malaysia tournament. What I'm trying to do is just like focus on on myself like. Uh, I started like working out a lot. I started to to meditate, and I'm also like setting up my my new apartment. So I'm just like busy with a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with Dora. So in order to like not be burnt out, because I imagine it's going to be a, a lot of Dora being played in like the next month or two. 
So right now I just want to get ready and get my mental state ready to like be prepared for the competition. I think it sounds perfect as the, what we do it here is like no Dota for, for a few weeks. Yeah. Because there's going to be so much Dota. And you bring something up that is so interesting. I obviously think about this ourselves as well. Is is it good or bad that we just won the last tournament of the season? You know? I mean, you guys won a lot There's of tournaments. <laughs> we won two. We won the major and we won the ESL. And then we finished second or third in a few tournaments this year. Yeah, Arlington was fourth. Okay. So, I mean, that was still very solid. It's like. Yeah, so it was first uh, on Stockholm and first on Malaysia. <laughs> I always, because the thing is like, these guys are so young that I really don't have any way of, of projecting or planning what's going to happen, you know? Like with the old roster, we more or less knew what happened, you know? Like we more or less could see, okay, we've been here before. We know what part of the year we're in. We know how we feel and we know what we have to do. These guys, I like that they really have no chill. They only have two speeds, or full speed, or we don't want to be there, you know. Uh -huh. So, I don't know. I'm actually super excited to see them to see them in TI. Yeah, me too. I feel like, I mean, since the team is very young, I think they they might just be able to just like keep performing nonstop because that's just how how young people are. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think they know themselves, you know. I think it's gonna be very interesting for them to figure out their own superpowers, you know. Yeah. So last thing before we leave, uh, do you dare give me prediction of your top three or top five for TI? Top three or top five? Um, it doesn't have to be in order, but what what are the teams to beat this year on TI? Okay, so I think everybody, including us, is going to be looking at the team spirit and OG for sure. Because winning tournaments is like one thing, but winning TIs is another. So. I think every team that has one TI is uh, it's like a very serious contender. I think both Spirit and OG are going to be super scary at TI. I think, you know, as per usual, I believe uh, LCD is going to make top two. And then, you know, then, it, gonna, then it's going to depend if the team that's in, with, with them in the finals is, is like going to beat them or not. So, okay. yeah, I think these three teams and then... Let's you have see. Any, any dark horses for you? Any of the South Americans, Beast Coast, who has been like consistently good for like three years? Um, I mean, they might, but I personally feel like these like dark horses, they make it to like top four and then usually they, okay. they get knocked out. But I think if anyone, it's going to be one of the, one of the teams that's that's going to qualify now, like through the qualifiers mm. or through the last chance. I think the team that's going to win the last chance qualifier, it's going to be like a serious contender. Because of all the Dota they played before getting there. Yeah, exactly. I think like their momentum coming into the tournament is going to be way higher than than anyone else's. So yeah, I think like the one or two teams that, that qualify through the last chance are going are gonna to do very well at the end. I think that, look, I agree with you so much that I think that in a way, imagine that Entity and Secret are the one that goes, sorry, Secret goes the one that goes directly. And then from the last chance qualifier, imagine you get Liquid Entity or Enigma Entity. Mm -hmm. If those teams make it to TI after playing three weeks of Dota, oof, they're going to be super scary on LAN. Yeah, 
for sure. I think I think the only disadvantage they have is like that the other teams are gonna see them play and you know they'll know a lot about like their playstyle. I don't know if there's gonna be a patch in between like all these qualifiers and then TA, but I'm I'm assuming hmm. it's not. But maybe so, maybe the patch will be just an adjustment patch, not like a big patch. Yeah, maybe. But if there's not, then you know, then all the qualified teams have a kind of advantage because they know what what the uh, last chance qualifiers team play. But yeah, the, the momentum is is gonna be something to like uh, not forget because it's gonna matter a lot. I think. Awesome. Well, dude, it's been an hour and 10 minutes. Uh, let's close this up. Uh, dude, huge fan of what you're doing. I, I've been paying a lot of attention on you inside and outside the game. There is a few people that I cheer for as much as I cheer for you. And I think that this is, in a way, what Dota needs. Because we need people that are good at the game, that want and understand that we all have to build this thing together by doing vlogs, by doing videos, by streaming, by doing interviews, by you literally taking time out of your day while you're building your apartment to sit down with us. So it's always very, very good, you know, for the whole Dota scene, what you guys are doing. And look, people like me are not the important ones. At the end of the day, it's you guys, it's the players who build this whole ecosystem. So I'll be cheering for you and for Moon in this TI as long as you don't play against me. <laughs> so, and if Entity makes it, I'll be cheering for them as well. It will be my, my three uh, teams to cheer for. And yeah, dude, if you want to say anything to your fans, to the TSN, to your sponsors, to anything, or anybody, uh, I will give you a few minutes. <laughs> so, um, oh wait, I need to think about it. <laughs> uh, sure. I mean, uh, thanks to thanks to all the fans. I I hope to make everybody super proud at TI. And since I'm assuming a lot of OG fans are are gonna are gonna be watching this then you know hi to to all the OG fans. I I hope that you know us and, and OG can make like a alliance and we can also you know once we don't use the word alliance in this in this podcast oh. <laughs> <laughs> a, a partnership or a, a friendship alliance. a brotherhood yes. yes a brotherhood so you know <laughs> uh, if if we like meet at TI it's it's gonna be a lot of fun and yeah um, I'm just I'm just glad to be here, glad to to be making content and to just like connect with the fans, no no matter what kind of fans they are. That's awesome, dude. Well, for all of you guys that are watching, I think you should show a lot of love also to our friend Jonas here. And dude, good luck with TI uh, against everybody besides us. I hope you guys make it very very far, and it will be a great story, you know, seeing you guys up there. It'll be awesome. Thanks and thanks for inviting me. Of course, thank you so much for coming. Okay, so goodbye, everybody, and we'll see you next week.